Hello, and welcome back to a new episode of Part of the Story. I am your host, Claire Brown, and we have our guest host, Mary hello. Lipsky, joining us again. Hello, hello, hello Mary. Thanks for having me again. It's been a while, probably longer than you had hoped. <laughs> it happens. These are strange times. Schedules are all over the place. So we thank our listeners for tuning in again today. Uh, we know that it didn't go exactly as previously scheduled, but what are you going to do? So when Mary and I were talking about what our next podcast could be about, we decided to do series. So not necessarily book series, not necessarily just TV series or anything like that, but like series that you got into and you enjoyed that were maybe they found you at the right time or they sort of inspired you later on, whatever it is. So it's going to be a mix of all different types yeah that's right and honestly when I agreed to this I thought I had read more series as an adult but as I compiled my (laughs) list um that was not the case (laughs) I was like I struggled because it's like I do end up reading a lot of different series uh both like romance has a lot of series and then obviously YA has a lot of series but I was like, where do I draw the line? Like, what was, what should make the list? Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, and we both have honorable <laughs> mentions because, of course, we break our own rules immediately. Um, so I don't know. Like, is, are yours in any particular order? Or should we just do like an order, order, no particular order? I think list? no particular order list, but probably save the best okay. for last, maybe. I don't know. Oh, no, no particular order. One. No particular order. <laughs> Okay. Do you want to go with your first series that made your sure. five? So yeah, like I was saying, I um, thought I read a lot more book series, but that just isn't the case. So, but I am going to start with a book series that did have a pretty significant impact on me, I would say. Um, so that's uh, Sweet Valley High is my Oh, sweet. Is my number. I remember you reading that. So, Sweet Valley High and I had a pretty serious relationship. Um, (laughs) I definitely read about my first um, adult scene in a Sweet Valley High book. Oh, you know, Elizabeth and her boyfriend. And I, like, I thought I, Todd, I feel like was her boyfriend, but this was like another guy. I want to say it was Bruce. Um, And, what, like a ni- 80s, oh, 90s gosh, name, Bruce, for like a teenager. All the yeah. names, right? Um, Todd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very it millennial is, name. It is. Todd. I remember going to school with a lot and, of And, you know, interesting thing about Sweet Valley is it started off as Sweet Valley High, and then it moved into Sweet Valley Kids. So it wasn't like a progression of time normally. Um, and the other thing that's moderately interesting about Sweet the Sweet Valley land is that when they re-released <laughs> the books, uh, the twins, their size changed from a perfect size six to a perfect size four, which I it was interesting. interesting. And I remember reading about it at the time and people were quite... Um, upset that you know in the re-release which I think was in the, I don't know the 2000s sometime before now yeah that they no longer could describe them as a perfect size six because all of a sudden that size was no longer like a desirable like hot girl size which I thought was How quite interesting um what a weird editorial change. right and I'm sure they made other changes yeah. that just didn't get like and I didn't reread the books um at that time and I'm sure they made other changes that were um you know for the time right but um kind of fascinating and in the series too they were um a perfect size four in the series because it was in modern times and size six would have been enormous so yeah um, obviously yeah so that's interesting (laughs) that's so Mm -hmm. bizarre yeah um and didn't they go on to an adult They book? did. And so I bought it the day it came out at Chapters. And this was probably within the last... And that's not your normal... I just want people to know that's not no. your normal. Like, you do not count down days. I count down days for books. Mary's like, yeah, they'll come to yeah. me. Yeah. They'll come to me. Um, but I was quite <laughs> excited about it. And I did read it. And it was all right. But nothing obviously can live up to, like, that way that you felt about it. Feeling yeah, of that first. You know, yeah. when I was, like, eight, probably reading about books 
like <laughs> spicy scenes. So yeah, like ooh, those teenagers, <laughs> my goodness. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's that one was one that I definitely needed to mention, and I honestly, I'm sure it's so problematic that I wouldn't even recommend it for a read to anyone. It was just one of the, but it's about like how you felt yes, in the moment. A thousand right? percent. It was one of those series that in that yeah. time, it was highly influential and just an exposure to a bit of a, just a different world. I was pretty good kid. I'm sure that won't shock <laughs> anyone. And so when they were getting into trouble, that was like very, I don't know, we could live vicariously yeah, like kind of through shocking. that or yeah. whatever. So that's kind of, that was kind yeah. of one of the ones that I wanted to share for sure. What about you? Well, see, I'm trying to decide which one I want to highlight first, but since we're going, you did sort of your childhood series, I will do mine, which is, <laughs> I mean, okay, so Mary and I are sisters in case you missed our other episodes. And so Mary's reading Sweet Valley High. I'm reading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Goosebumps uh, by R.L. Stein. Again, I haven't revisited them, so I can't really say, but I loved goosebumps I particularly remember I think it was called welcome to Horrorland, and I can like see the cover like in Mm -hmm. my mind and I loved them all like I I remember like scholastic book fair and there'd be like a new one and it was just so exciting and like you know you'd be so proud that you like read this book in a day or two and and like Mary and I are both fairly fast readers and and as children we were strong readers as well so like you finish the book and you'd be like oh I finished a whole book and uh I look back at like obviously I shelve them and things now and I just think oh you're so <laughs> wee but like I love I just love seeing them and I like that the covers like there are some with updated covers but some have like the the covers that I know mm-hmm. so I'll see like you know Slappy's Revenge or like Return to Horrorland or like you yeah. know whichever one and I'll be like oh I know that well, cover like I feel a certain type and of I remember way. a thousand years ago <laughs> when I was working as a children's librarian at Calgary Public Library <laughs> um, I was like absolutely shocked at, we used to have a standing paperback order um, for children and teen lit and I was shocked at the number of copies of Goosebumps that we would go through even then which was circa like 2007 so that's a long yeah. time ago from when those books were published that we were still and they're coming still in. popular yeah. now too because like when I was a branch assistant at Timberlands you know students would come in and they'd be like I need a Goosebumps like do you have any new Goosebumps and you know like this shelf you just couldn't keep them Mm -hmm. you couldn't keep them there for students they're always circulating so I I kind of like that they're still popular like I don't know if if inside they're like updated to be you know yeah anytime in the 20s like I don't know anything about that a lot of those books could not like they could not stand and so they've likely made some (laughs) editorial editorial changes but like also do you remember like on YTV they would have the little like Mm one-off episodes with are you afraid of the dark I remember those (laughs) <laughs> yes I remember those like so clearly in my mind so I have to say that Goosebumps was one of my favorites and at the time so that would have been let's say reading them starting seven eight years old and going up Mary and I when we were like probably too young like between mm-hmm. 10 and 12 we were obsessed with horror movies yes. too so this was like a precursor to horror movies and I don't know like I'm still a horror Not movie me. watcher I just watched <laughs> I just watched Saw actually a couple of days ago as my like Sunday night by yourself like what's wrong with me yes (laughs) so like I don't know maybe it started that love of it and uh interestingly though now I don't read a lot of horror like once in a Mm -hmm. while I'll read something and but I am obsessed with true true crime yes yes I also do love (laughs) some good true crime so I wonder if it all sort of like just is in that sort of mixing pot of like yeah. things that people well, thrill- interest I think there's and then thrilling, grow as right? you grow. It's thrilling, like the spicy yeah. scene in Sweet Valley High. Like it's yeah. that's, it's a thrill, right? Well, and you feel like somehow you shouldn't be reading it, even though it is like yeah. Towards there's you a cartoon your age. clown like, on the front, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, like but it seems like a little bit scary and a little bit like ooh, mm-hmm. I'm brave because I'm reading Goosebumps. Did you so read Stephen King as a teen? Yeah, yes. I, I read uh, it and Needful yeah. Things. Remember and, that old paperback copy um, of Needful Things? Cycle of the Werewolf. <laughs> yes. But like, we're talking like 
pocket yeah. size of paperback. It was, so it was, it was so, so fast. fast. The pages were so <laughs> yeah. skinny. Like it was like tissue paper <laughs> turning the pages. Yeah, it was crazy. But around that same time, reading like needful things at like yeah. 11, 12 years old, I was also reading like Sydney oh, Sheldon. Yeah. It's, I never got into I was Sydney so Sheldon. Into those I was things. reading John Grisham. It's so bizarre. Yeah. It was just, it was very bizarre what we, yeah. what we got into. What's your next series? Um, so my next series, I'm going to go with a uh, television series and it's on Ooh. Prime right now based on a book that I really liked. Um, big, uh, sorry, Little Fires Everywhere. So same producer as Big Little Lies, oh. uh, Reese Witherspoon, but it's a limited, um, limited series. So it has Kerry Washington and Reese Witherspoon in it. And it's very apropos of now. It talks a lot about like, race and microaggressions and privilege um and Carrie Washington who is incredible is incredible in it and then Reese Witherspoon plays she has an ability to play the most unlikable characters and um I would say that absolutely has continued with Little Fires Everywhere so it's based on a book um obviously um of the same name and it's I think it's a 10 episode series it was on Hulu um, which was devastating. And then all of a sudden, it, <laughs> all of a sudden it was on prime and I devoured it in, you know, like a day and a half. I think I started yeah. watching it on a Saturday night and was up way too late and then finished it. Yeah. Like the Sunday evening um, and just beautifully shot. Even the intro is like, you're, you're just, you're captivated right away. Um, now a lot of people have read the book. Um, so, but just in case you haven't, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but the first scene <laughs> is the same as it's the same as the book. And the, the house is on fire. Reese Witherspoon's house is on fire and, um, you work backwards as to how it got to that, it got to that moment. Um, and so I would definitely recommend it. Many people have prime. And what I learned is many people have prime for Amazon, like shipping, and they never actually go to the, sh- to the TV. That's why, that's how I, like, I had Prime for shipping yeah. for the longest time. And then they emailed me and they were like, do you know? And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. And so, so there's lots of hidden gems on Prime. My currently watching, spoiler alert, is also on Prime. But um, <laughs> I would say, like, many people have access to it because of your Amazon account. And uh, it's a series that's incredibly worth watching, especially it's very timely and I think it the watching it now felt even more powerful than when I had when I read the book several years ago um so it's it's become one of my like you know it's a recent watch but I would say it's one of the best shows I've ever watched oh wow mm-hmm. great now, series I don't know how to follow that up <laughs> like <laughs> like okay I don't know how to follow that up I'm gonna say um I was so torn between two things, but I think I'm going to go with the BBC Sherlock. Okay. Um, because, okay, so it has Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Mm-hmm. And I originally watched it whenever it originally came out. Was that kind of how he got introduced to the world? Definitely to American audiences. Yeah. He was in Atonement. He actually played a really bad character in Atonement. So I remember seeing the preview for like the first series, quote unquote, of Sherlock. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, like you're bad. Because he plays um, in Atonement. If anyone's familiar with Atonement, it's the movie adaptation of the book of the same name. And his name, the author, do you remember his name? It's Ian. Right. Uh- Ian Rankin's on my list later on. Oops. Yeah. It's not, but it's not Ian Rankin. <laughs> no, it isn't. Um, Ian, I can't remember your name. Anyways, I'm sorry, Ian, um, but (laughs) Atonement, I remember watching it and he plays like a rapist in Atonement. And he has like, I think he has red hair. He looks completely different anyways. And I was just like, I can't watch you be Sherlock. Like, (laughs) that's weird because I had like just watched the movie. And so then I watched the first episode on PBS um, because that's how it aired for me. Ian McEwen. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, that's the author of Atonement. Um, <laughs> and so then I watched it and I was just like, this is amazing, actually. How it's filmed, how it's acted, how it is, like some of the practical effects that they do and all that kind of stuff. But as fans of Sherlock and longtime fans of Sherlock will know, like we waited years between seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, I kind of yeah. remember that. I didn't watch it, but I knew that was, it was very dramatic. 
So I think it was a year at least between series one and two. And at least it might have been two and a half years between two and three. And then a huge time again between three and four. Um, I think between three and four, you did get uh, like Christmas specials. Mm-hmm. Uh, UK shows are very big on like Christmas specials. Um, so you did get one of those. But I I love Sherlock. And it's one of the things like I've seen them and, and rewatched them so many times. And when it's good filmmaking, when it's good storytelling, when it's interestingly filmed and so well acted, like it can get you every single time. Oh, for sure. Like there's one episode at the end of uh, series four that is just every time I watch it, it's so good and it's so heartbreaking and it, it has such a great ending. And it's just like every time I'm all wrapped up in it, I think to myself, oh, I'm going to put this on in the background. Mm-hmm. I've seen it so many times. I've watched it so much. <laughs> yeah. And then you're just like, you're into it. So I would definitely say Sherlock. And I think you can stream them on Netflix. Really? I think you can. You could at one point. I, like old school, have the DVD. Right. So when I am really in a Jones, I'll put them in. But I'm, I've am i streamed them because I haven't. I've been too lazy to go get my DVD. <laughs> I have streamed them on Netflix. But I, oh, I love that show. So good. And I would, like, 20 years from now, they come back and do it again. I'd be into it. And they like, probably will. Well, they could definitely. I feel like I mean, British shows they, are like that. I think they are too, and they're both got so like internationally famous. Like it became an international phenomenon mm-hmm. that they became so busy, and that's why there were so many years in some cases between the series. But I, yeah, five years from now, if they were like, oh yeah, twenty years from now, I'd be like, yeah, like, <laughs> twenty years from now, I'd be like, yep, I remember. Like film it, and I'll watch it. So, <laughs> definitely, definitely on my list. Yeah, no. What's your next one? Um, so just in light of a new release to this series, and because it's, I love it, um, so I'll, the Hunger Games is definitely my next uh. one. Uh, the <laughs> books, but I also really like the movies. Um, I think it's a good example of one, like of a series that translated really well um, to movies. And again, the Hunger Games was a book that I book talked when I was working in I think school library still in Rocky Rocky? yeah and um you know it was so popular and it was kind of one of those books that you never had that people always were interested in that you could have had you know a hundred copies and they all would have been um checked out and I what I really liked about the Hunger Games is it it crossed like boys wanted to read it and girls wanted to read it which for you know for people that maybe aren't super exposed to kids and books it's very rare for boys to want to read a book with a female protagonist like that's a pretty that's a that's a hurdle um I think things are changing uh in that regard the YA space has a a lot more female protagonists yeah for sure yeah um and so I for think, that one to cross over into that audience for sure that's a big so, deal so it was really it was really cool because I and I think it was just it was neat to see like an action dystopian novel that had a a badass chick as the lead character right um yeah. and so I just I thought that was I liked it right away and I've liked I've liked them since I've done a ton of did you finish reading the new one? I'm almost done. It's very long, and I was I'm reading like three other books right now, so it makes <laughs> it a bit challenging. Um, but it is really good. So it's a prequel. Like as much as I like, am dying to know kind of what happened to, to the world the, after to the world. No, before I want to know what led uh, them to become the districts, which uh, I was really hoping this new book would have more details about that and it has like some glimmers but not really because it's set when you know the capital is already the capital um uh, I, I thought know. it was set before too. no it is not um so it's it's been good it's good so far I'm just about finished but um I have spent a lot of time trying to decide which of the districts are which of the states <laughs> um that's one of my very favorite road trip things to do and, and I have to make a confession as a person who works in YA and has read YA these many years. I have never read the Hunger Games. That's like me and Harry Potter. 
I have never yeah. read Harry Potter and I've never watched the movies. And honestly, quite frankly, at this point, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, I didn't watch the movies after, I'm not sure I watched the fifth one. So I watched the movies and I, like, I read the books back in the day. Right. Um, but I never read the Hunger Games. I never did. And I remember you, I remember you reading them. I remember like seeing you with it, you know, like in your bag kind of thing. Um, And I just, I never read them. And then it's, it felt too like Johnny come lately. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I think it's still worth watching and reading. Um, Yeah. I watched uh, mocking. I think I was, I had a sick day, like, I don't know, eight months ago. And (laughs) I watched mocking Jay part one and part two in my in my sad state of affairs and they were both I like, was still like wow this is so good <laughs> um, so yeah funny. not too late and just it really neat that it crossed over into being a book that um you know teenage boys and teenage girls could both um equally enjoy which is awesome um awesome female lead um and you know, I, I respect the author for not wanting to go into a deep dive about how the world got that way. But as people that don't read any high fantasy, I like to know because I like to ground fantasy, science fiction, um, dystopia. dystopia in reality. So the backstory of this would be like my dream book. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. I can see why people wouldn't be overly keen on that during these very strange times. They probably <laughs> don't want to be like, I don't want to draw any parallels. Anytime I see any parallels being drawn to like The Handmaid's Tale, I'm just like, no. No. Like, I don't, I'm not engaging with Let's that. Let's not draw parallels to that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I really don't want to. Since you talked about a YA series, I'm going to talk about a YA series. So I remember reading YA like in high school. Mm-hmm. Um throwaway titles I I can't really name anything off the top of my head um so that's about 20 years ago for anybody keeping track Mm -hmm. um and then I didn't read YA for the longest time and for the longest time like sort of mid high school to like my early 20s I didn't read much at all which is strange now when you think about the level that I read currently um but I remember so this is around this is around when I started working at the library. Mary started working at uh, Calgary Public around the same time. And she was a children's librarian. And somehow she came across uh, the Perfect Chemistry series. Do you remember this? I think so. So you had like the first book and maybe it was given to you for something. Oh, maybe or, it was I'm like not an sure. arc. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure. And then um, so you were like, oh, like read this one I think you had read it and you were like maybe you reviewed it for something I'm not sure but you were like I think you might like it whatever so you gave it to me and I read it and it's what got me back into YA oh really chemistry series yeah like I remember it so clearly that it was like a switch it was like oh like this is YA now do you know what I mean that's hilarious and um yeah so the they were the first YAs that I ever read that had dual first person narrative mm-hmm. that alternated between the male lead and the female yeah. lead um so I loved that it was the first and like that's very popular now in romance and in YA but at the time I'd never read no books it was like unique. That. and uh so the author of Perfect Chemistry I'm going to probably mispronounce her name her name is Simone Alkeles so E-L-K-E-L-E-S oh yeah um, yeah I can yeah, remember so, the cover now too. So the Perfect Chemistry series was so good. And it was about three brothers and they each had like a romantic interest. And so, you know, that I was there straight away, but they were so good that they got me reading her. So I read like Lost in Paradise and Return to Paradise. And uh, she had a couple of others between then and now, but it also like, you know, I, I will reread them. I think at some point I reread the Return to Paradise series well, I actually listened to them in the fall. And um, I'm planning on rereading the Perfect Chemistry series. But it was just like, I can remember, you know, 12 years ago or so being like, YA is good. Like, mm-hmm. I like YA. Yeah. And it being so clear from this series that I really needed to look at this space again. Right. Yeah. So like, it's important to me for that reason. You know, and like, I mean, it's romance and it's all those things that I love. 
but it, I remember it so clearly being the, you know, sort of first YAs I read as a quote unquote adult and being like, oh, okay, like there's something here. Like these, this is a good subgenre of books. Like I'm writing it off for no good reason kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I will thank you for that, even though you don't even remember Oh, that's so funny. As clearly well, as yeah, I feel like, like I worked in that to. space, right? So, and for <laughs> yeah. quite a while, really. Yeah. Um, well, between Calgary and Rocky. Yeah. So, I mean, I did kind of get a lot of opportunity to read a lot of YA and do a lot of book talks to a lot of kids, that's for sure. (laughs) So, no, it was so good. So, I definitely, I would definitely recommend that series for any of them now. We have it, um, I ordered it (laughs) for Libby on our our app just recently. Uh, We had one of the books, but I was like, no, we need them all. And um, we have it in paper as well, so... If that's your preferred, we are doing holds pickup now. So you can, uh, but like, I would just, I would recommend those books. I don't think you have to be a teen. I don't, I don't know. They were just, they were really well done. Mm-hmm. Now I'm talking myself into like reading them this week, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Your plans are set. Yeah, basically. So what's your next series? Uh, yeah. So my next series and I hummed and hawed um, about it. But I truly, if we're thinking about a series that has had a lot of like impact on my <laughs> entertainment enjoyment, I feel I would feel remiss to not mention it. And that's Sex in the City. So, oh. you know, I think it's all the like I rewatched it fairly recently. So I nice. would say, yeah. <laughs> and so all the kind of criticism is through a 2020 ent- lens, yeah, is entirely accurate. Yes. Agreed. Like, you know, I'm not an apologist for Sex in the City by <laughs> any stretch. And I think I think they could redo the show. Like, I think they could reboot it and make it really cool. Yeah. And, you know, and really have more serious conversations about the world and, um, you know, and look at sex and sexuality in a really positive way, potentially. Um, which they did not do in that show. And it was just, it was over my head at that time. I think I just wasn't, I well, don't know. It wasn't know. part of like the narrative, the, right? Yeah. Like, it yeah. wasn't in the consciousness of like problematic, quote unquote, problematic things that you would even look at. No, no. And I just didn't have good awareness of, you know, of the world, I would yeah. say. <laughs> um, and so, however, um, I think as a show and as characters, like, Carrie Bradshaw is a great character. Yes. She's a great character in the like literary canon and the television canon. And, and I think, you know, she is problematic, certainly. Um, And so I was like, But it's sort of an important character. I was humming and hawing. Yes. She is important um, because she has her own thing going on. And like, despite what I like about, what I liked about it still was that despite like all the men that they knew their focus right kind of till the end of the series was on their friendship with each other. And I think that that's a powerful message um, that your soulmate, you know, isn't necessarily some guy isn't going to come in and like fix your life. It's not necessarily your romantic partner. Yeah. 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 Some guy isn't going to come in and fix your life. So um, it is it like, it's a series that I will still watch if I catch it on. Like I think slice used to have it on. So it like, if I'm in a hotel, and it's like, you know, 11 o'clock at night, I'm going to look for the channel that's showing the edited <laughs> um, episodes of Sex in the City for sure. And yeah. I would love to see it revisited. I think that, that would, be, would be... I'm surprised that it's not one of the ones, you know, that is talked about in terms of like, it's time... Because you think about all the shows that they're rebooting and some totally. are very... Like, yes. they just went off air like five minutes ago. Yeah, like and... I feel like it could be like a new Degrassi. Like a rebooted, yeah. you know, a rebooted Sex in the City with like new characters, but that same idea of like four friends trying to make it. Um, and they should just include more everybody in conversation, yeah. more diversity, yeah. less problematic language (laughs) um and I think that there's really something there and I hope and maybe when enough maybe like a little bit more time will pass and Sarah Jessica Parker will decide she wants to produce like a badass new version of Sex in the City that's you know in a in a more time appropriate lens and I think that that would be welcomed I think you could still have great jokes you could still have 
you know, great friendships, great, you know, memorable characters. Um, and I hope that they do revisit it because it's worth it. I think there's enough I there. It could be really interesting, particularly when you think about how far the world has come. Yes. And like how, how many different conversations could be happening? How many different types of relationships could be happening? Right. Like, if it's on HBO, you can talk about anything. Yeah. It's a, it's free game. It's all open <laughs> or any streaming service really. Yeah. Like it yeah. doesn't, like it could be on Netflix and uh, you know, do whatever kind of rating that they want to do kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it definitely could be like that for sure. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. I never really thought about getting rebooted, but now that you said it, it's like, why? Why? It's a perfect it candidate. Yeah. It's got great bones. It's like a house that just needs a renovation. Yeah. Great bones. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so my next thing that has been very important to me these last, well, basically decade is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> that is not a series. It That's is. a cop out. Nope. It's a series because <laughs> each builds on the last. And there's interconnected stories and characters. It is a series. And I'm mm. sure, no, I'm sure the fandom's going to come after you for this, as they should. <laughs> she is on Twitter at Emma Dinsky. <laughs> you tell her that it's a series. Um, but I, like, I absolutely believe it to be a series, first of all. All right. Particularly once they decided what they were doing. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, they definitely had some idea of, like, oh, this was phase one, and it needs to lead to this Avengers, and, you know, whatever, whatever. Let's build on it from one to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time you got to Endgame, if you had seen the movies as many times as I had seen the movies and cared about the characters and, like, all that kind of stuff... Like it was a it was a payoff. It really was, and it's not perfect. It's not like well, it was. <laughs> it's like after ten years, yes. Like you know, seeing Captain America pick up Thor's hammer, I was like, this is everything I want in this world. Right. Or like seeing Valkyrie become like king of, um. Oh, geez, I'm totally blanking on where Thor is from. Like I can't. Rag- isn't he from Ragnarok? No. No. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Valhalla? This is the worst. Nope. That's where they go to die. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't even believe it. But I have okay. lots of excuses not to know. What's your I, excuse not like, to I, know? I literally am, like, completely, completely blank. I can see it in my mind. I you can't believe this right now. You didn't do your homework. That's your fault. No, I totally didn't. I have to... <laughs> um have to look it up right now where was thor from i liked the ant-man and asgard Ant-Man of course and wasp i i liked ant-man and and ant-man and the wasp too but they always seemed to be like sort of like a secondary thing that was happening in yeah. the same way that like dr strange sort of seemed secondary yeah the they're thing... not part of the main canon they're like side pieces but they are because the character's play parts in strange ways the only thing that really made me disappointed after years and years because i loved loki as a character right i really wanted to see him like full-on turn blue and like do like a king of jodenheim kind of thing like i i really wanted to see that maybe they'll show like a little glimpse of that in his show i'm not sure it it has a premiere date now on disney plus of this december um, it was did it get to come in... wrecked by COVID or no? It did. It got bumped, and so did uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well, and so did Wandavision. They all got pushed back. Um, oh wow! So I was. They were supposed to come out in August, I think it is, okay. and now they're aiming for December. So hopefully, hopefully it's there. But right. I, I think it's definitely a series, and I'm going with it's a series, and it was very important to me, and it continues to be important to me. So, <laughs> so it's on this list, and even though we are not doing like a traditional countdown we do have honorable mentions because (laughs) of course we could not narrow it down to five it's really hard and then some things I just feel like people need to like remember Mm -hmm. and I'm going to start us off with an honorable mention when you're thinking about nostalgia because I feel like as soon as I say this to you you will feel like it should have been on your list too are you ready yes do you remember the show Ready or not, with Amanda and Busy. Yes. Do you not think that that belongs on a formative series <laughs> <laughs> list? It doesn't get to. It doesn't get to be in the five. 
but it needs to be there. That's highly CanCon. And after yeah. I get off this podcast, I am going to Google and do a deep dive <laughs> about what is happening with those two right now. Because <laughs> she, like the girl that played Amanda, Laura Bertram, she went on to be on Andromeda. And I love that show too. Kevin Sorbo turned out to be a little bit problematic in his later age, but um, I still love Andromeda. And I don't know what happened to the girl that played Busy. Um, but I'm going to know like in about show, 20 minutes. Right? Like, see? <laughs> as soon as I say it, you know, you know that it's an important show. They had such interesting episodes. They Like, this is before, like, Lizzie McGuire yeah. had her, like, buy That's her first bra episode or about. whatever. Like, do you remember, like, one of them got their period for the first time? Yeah. And it was a whole, like, episode. And it was very, like, and then they had boyfriends and they mm-hmm. had family troubles. And Amanda's parents got divorced. And, you know, all these things. It was, like, things. Degrassi, but, it like, was. with just two friends. Yes. Not a million storylines. So you could and really like, kind of deep dive on the friends. And, like, their families were so important. Their family structures mm-hmm. and how they interacted as best friends being quite different yeah and what that looked like as they aged and oh and all yeah that kind of stuff. like it was good it was a good show like I if wonder I wonder if it's like streaming anywhere can you imagine like I would watch it <laughs> I would watch it right like right now as soon as I got yeah. off this podcast See, I told you I told you I nostalgia, it's like it's CBC right. gem or something well it should we'll be. We'll add an addendum not. when I'll write, I'll start my letter ready campaign. When this podcast gets shared, <laughs> if we find out where people can watch ready or not. <laughs> yeah, because if you haven't gotten into it, you need to. And for all our millennial ladies listening, maybe some fellas as well, but I really feel like Amanda and Busy were very important for mm-hmm. young Canadian teenage girls. Um, yeah. Oh. So remind, remember, remember ready good or characters. not. Good characters. Yep. Good. We're good both for you. Mine is so lame, my honorable mentions yeah, compared was... to yours. Um, yeah, that, that was, was a magic really one. good one. Um, so <laughs> I, like, I, like I said, I really have struggled with, like, I don't read series as an adult. But um, I do read some mysteries. And so um, I would say both the, like, um, Steve Larson and the Ian Rankin series um, oh, like yeah. detec- of detective fiction are things that I have read and enjoyed. Um, and I think influenced my preference of like, I love a good murder book, a good like, is a like a <laughs> wife murdering her husband, running away, like that. Those are three things I really enjoy in a book. I like, um, I do like <laughs> detective fiction for sure. Um, and I like a bit of a problematic detective because I think that that's, I think, and it's again, I think pretty timely, like. Um, I think people are done with like this idea of like hero culture. Like, I mean, I don't think like people are imperfect. And I think when you write characters that are imperfect, it's a lot stronger and more realistic than when you, you know, write these like magical, I don't even, yeah, I don't even read books that don't have imperfect characters in them, I would say. But, um, as far as detective fiction, like Rebus, he was great. And I remember I didn't read any detective fiction until I took a class from Peter Slade at RDC. Um, I had an English class, an extra English class I needed to take before I could transfer um, because it just to fill out your however many credits before you could transfer to UFC. Your requirement. And I took a, yep. yeah, a English, I think it was 399 and it was detective fiction and we read all kinds of things that um, really shaped my leisure reading taste to today uh, like a thousand percent see and I feel like all of my English classes also shaped <laughs> my leisure reading yeah but in a completely different way <laughs> that's so funny those are good I never read the um so the Stieg Larson yeah the girl with the dragon tattoo for any listeners at home I tried to read those but I really struggled with mm-hmm. like the translation of them and then I tried to watch the movie and for a person who reads or who used to read a lot of horror and who watches a lot of horror like I was I mm-hmm. was horrified by did the you, one particular scene did you watch the, the reboot that they tried to do seemed... with um, Daniel Craig oh that's the one that the I watched ones, um, that are like um, I think trans like they're kind of Swedish yeah 
<laughs> they're they're, they're like Swedish. I couldn't remember the language for a second. Um, but yeah, like the Daniel Craig one, I think they had intended to make that into like a series, right? But because it was a yeah. restricted, like an 18A mystery, like it's pretty hard yeah. to find. And midway through, it was oh, very yeah, for sure. disturbing. Very disturbing. Like it's always, it's all disturbing, but then yeah. it's very it's dark. Very disturbing. Um, and so, yeah. So I think it's interesting that that you know quote-unquote English audiences were like mm, yeah you know what we're not gonna spend our yeah. money for our sequel like that's which not, I mean I think I, that's not I was thing. disappointed because I is, thought it was pretty good and I liked those books and yeah. I like yeah I liked those and I liked Rebus and I was thinking I was trying to think about <laughs> Agatha Christie and my favorite Christie book yeah. isn't a Poirot book so it's Murder of Roger Ackroyd but he's not, like, he's not the main, he, he's like a secondary guy in it. But, but it's, it's not Poirot in the same book. way as the other ones, right? Like, <laughs> I agree. Like, it's, it's less So that's why Poirot I was like, I don't led. think this is, can be part of that can't, like that, I wouldn't say that's part of the series it in the same so. way. It's a special <laughs> book. If you haven't read it, I'm sure already PL has it. Um, the Murder of... I I I think I took the same course as you. <laughs> I'm just thinking about all of these. Um, an, an unsuitable job for a woman. An unsuitable job for a woman. Course. Yeah. Many years later, or a couple years yeah. later, I guess. But yeah, so I'm sure Red yeah. Public Library has it. Murder of Roger Ackroyd. You can decide if it's yes. truly part of the pro- part part of the Poirot canon. I would say it's it a is. it's a tangential. Like I don't, I don't even think about him as part of that one, and compared to his other ones, right? Like if you're gonna, yeah, that's interesting. But I feel like in some of the best Poirot, um, like whether you watch them or whether you uh, read them, some of my most favorite ones is he is sort of a secondary yeah. character in his own movie, right, or in his own book. Um, I haven't read them all, so I can't say one way or the other, but. I think yeah. about like murder on the Orient Express. It's very much about the people, how the mm-hmm. people ended up in the train, not necessarily right. how Poirot did. Like, what did he do that morning? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, how did all of these people come to the train, and how, you know, and why is there so much work? murder? Yeah. Okay. So I think <laughs> I would so add for um, honorable, <laughs> some honorable mentions for television shows, um, Silicon Valley. Uh, oh, Crown. that's a good one. The Crown is favorites. very underrated. I'm surprised at the amount of people that have still not watched it. To me, it seems like what? To me, that's like <laughs> part of the Netflix like starter pack. Yeah, like, like the gold. It's just the gold it's what package. everybody should just be watching when they get Netflix. Um, so The Crown definitely uh, <laughs> curb your enthusiasm, which Claire hates that show. Um, no, and I, well, I never liked the new season either. is good. It's not, my, it's very funny. Not my bad. Um, Larry David, how he acts in the world is like how I kind of wish I could act. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not the first yeah. time I've heard it's that like, from somebody. If who you like could exist in the world without a filter, funny. what, like, and just did not care what other people like thought about you. It would be a pretty weird, surreal experience, I think. Um, so, yeah, those are some of my honorable mentions. That's true. My last honorable mention, before we get into our final, like, proper mention, I guess, is I'm surprised uh, that's the not West a proper Wing. mention for you. I know. I really struggled. So, I ended up putting three books uh-huh. and two, like, series. But, like, West Wing was so close to making the list. Because West Wing is so good. It's Aaron Sorkin, particularly the first few seasons, probably to season four, mid-season four, is at his best. Um, he's really great as a writer-director for the newsroom as well. But the West Wing just had everything that I wanted. It made me want to be like, like back when I, like in second grade, I wanted to be the prime minister. And then after I watched West Wing, I was like, I want to be a political staffer actually, because seems like like they do more things and it's so exciting and they're so smart and they're so whatever and um 
obviously I did not end up becoming political anything, but I just loved that show and I rewatch it and it's just such smart dialogue and the characters were trying to do what was right and it wasn't easy and it wasn't always perfect and there were compromised and all that kind of stuff. And I just, oh, that's a good show. And if you haven't watched it, and a lot of people seem to have not watched it. I don't know, like people that I talked to around my age, they weren't getting into it as I was in, I guess, my cool teen years, 15 years old, being obsessed with West Wing. Get at me. Um, but I loved it. No, I loved it. Did you watch it when it was like? No, I didn't. Maybe? I think I, think I yeah. maybe watched an I... occasional episode, but um, yeah, yeah. And I've rewatched it multiple on times. The like I, again, on the DVDs, I'll pull them out and I'll be like, you know what? I'm in a mood for like a nice season two West Wing Christmas episode where Josh struggles <laughs> with his PTSD. That's a very strange thing to be in a mood for. It's, very spe- it's a very specific. Well, this if if you're a West Wing watcher, you know exactly what scene I'm referring to. How beautifully the music goes with the shot, like the the shots of the series. It's just it's so good, so good. Any, I just can't believe that's your not on your proper actual proper list. Mention? I know. I kind of am like, mm, yeah. but like, what would I have done? Yeah, I don't know. So I'm kind of my last um <laughs> mention mention is recently in my mind because we've started watching Anne with an E. Um and so Anne of Green Gables, oh. Road to Avonlea, the Anne of Green Gables yeah. mini series that was on CBC. Yes. With Megan Fellows and Fellows. you know, and yeah. the books, like the Anna Green Gables books. I think all of that makes one series mm-hmm. of a really like <laughs> amazing Canadian character. Like Yes. Well and Canadian yes, and, and I just mean just watching everything. Anne with me, um, and seeing like watching Anne discover like a watching somebody new discover that character and just like fall in love with her and like repeat her little like jokes yeah. that she like, cause it's, you know, you can only do so much like the character is the character. Like some of the lines have been in the book, have been in the show, yeah. have been in the other show, have been in this show, you know, um, like, yeah. you know, the lake of shining waters, like that's, yeah. You know, oh, and kindred yeah. spirits and so good. Yeah. Oh, do they use Kinder Spirits in with an E? You know, it's That's everything good. that you <laughs> would remember and just to get to relive it, I think it's quite magical. Um, very Canadian, uh, you know, and I'm sure again a reread would yield some, you know, problematic things a thousand percent. Wow, they're old. And I think but I think books. there's opportunity yeah. there too. Like I don't think we have to kind of cancel things as long as we're willing to have the conversation and I found this with Pithy Longstocking too like the read the books but have the conversation about you know yeah why this isn't a thing right (laughs) and then maybe decide okay let's cross this word out because like this isn't a word that we want to use and I think that that's okay like that's um I think that's interacting with things in a way that we have to and that you know we have to acknowledge our history and try to be better moving forward I guess but Anne I gotta tell you she's just as magical now as she was when I was seven and uh, (laughs) it's it's phenomenal so if you're looking if you've got a kind of a kid that can handle like a stressful scene like so far we're only three episodes in and it's not like violent but there's like some stressful scenes if that makes sense and you're looking for like a good, you know, a read aloud or, and, or a family watch so that, you know, it's not quite a movie, but a nice show series to watch as a family. That's one that I would definitely mm-hmm. recommend. Um, absolutely for, you know, seven, eight, depending on your kid, right? Like a more sensitive kid would probably struggle with some yeah. of the stressful scenes, but um, certainly from like a, an appropriateness, it's, you know, it's a very funny and Anne is just as endearing as as ever. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I was sort of hard timing you, you were. about watching Anne with an E, but now you should think that maybe I should give it a chance. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <clears throat> so my last thing is a series, a book series, and I chose it and I saved it for last for a very important reason. It is the first romance oh, that I ever read. 
<sighs> like proper romances. So it's the Dark Hunter series by Sherilyn Kenyon. And uh, Sherilyn Kenyon, eh, she has some issues now for sure. There's a, been a lot of drama surrounding her personal life as of late. Uh, I don't know what to make of it and I haven't been following it that closely. But the Dark Hunter series I read for the first time probably 15 years ago, maybe not quite 15 years ago. And um, the first book is called Night Pleasure. Oh, boy. Get that mm. right out of the way. And um, it's things that I love. So it's paranormal romance. It has vampires, but they're not really vampires, but they're like vampiric characters, let's call them. It has Greek gods and goddesses. And it has, you know, shifters and like all kinds of great things that I absolutely love. And I was thinking about it recently. Um, I don't keep up with the series now. Um, I sort of broke up with it uh, a number of years ago because I just, you know, sometimes I think they run their course need to end. Yeah. And like, I'm not finding that with like the Black Dagger Brotherhood, for example, which I just read book 19. They gave it to me early to review for library. Journal, oh, that's good. Very magical. Um, <laughs> I know. I was very, very pleased. Um, but with Dark Hunters, I loved it so much. And then it got to the point where it just mm-hmm. sort of became a little repetitive for me and the writing wasn't quite at the level that I felt like previously the books had been. And, and I don't know, I just got to a point where it's just like, you know, your original characters, the characters that we cared about, and, you know, you'd wait for so-and-so's book. And like, I would have it on the calendar. I would know like, oh, you know, Mm so-and-so's book is coming out on that day and like, you know, whatever. And then, and then those characters would sort of, she would keep them because she knew that they were fan favorites so they wouldn't get their books and she would introduce a new character and then they would have your their book and you'd be like but I really like you keep promising me that Mm -hmm. book you know and then it just got to the point where I didn't recognize the characters so it was like this isn't my series anymore and it's still a wildly popular series absolutely and I might revisit some in the future but it just got to the point where I was just like this isn't my series anymore this isn't my dark hunters anymore Oh, so I'm sorry. we broke up. I still read Sherilyn Kenyon upon occasion, and I'm absolutely gonna reread. I recently read one of her books. Um, She's not the Pepsi one that Lover. inspired those True uh-huh. Blood books or that True Blood series, is she? No, that I knew it was uh, Charlene Harris. Yeah, is, uh, the Stucky Stackhouse yeah. series. Yeah, and Stucky Stackhouse. Oh, don't get me started on that's gonna be its own podcast. We can talk about like, disappointments in the future. We can have like really? a top five disappointments of things that went off the rails. Yeah, it's a it's a very involved okay. conversation. Which well, we don't have time for. Uh, you can have it with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you think. We'll see what happens. So this brings us to the end of our list. You can let us know what some of your you know favorite series have been. Your most you know memorable or some some series that happened in your formative years, perhaps. Um, But before we leave you, we would like to let you know what we've been reading, watching, and listening to. So Mary, what have you been reading? As I said earlier, I've kind of got a couple books on the go right now. One of them is The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes um, by Suzanne Collins. And so that's in the Hunger Games now uh, quad, I guess. Um, and it's a prequel um, <laughs> to the Hunger Games books uh, centering around Cornelius Snow while he was a high school student and a mentor for one of the original Hunger Games. So Cornelius Snow is the president oh. of the cap in the Capitol later in the book, in case you were wondering. Um, so I'm reading that one. Um, and then I'm also reading one that's, uh, it's quite good actually. And it's an, it's an academic book, but it's written in a pretty accessible way. It's called, um, Highway of Tears and it's by Jessica uh, McDiarmid. And so it's obviously it's about Highway 16, um, and all of the missing and murdered, uh, women who have gone missing. And, you know, there's been a lot of question as to why that's, gone on for so long you know whether it's a serial killer the role of the rcmp and why you know things haven't been investigated necessarily in the way that they 
that they could have been um, talking about the lack of public transportation and these isolated communities that forces people to hitchhike if they want to, you know, get to a job in, in a, you know, more urban center. Um, and what I, you know, it's, it's super interesting and has some stuff that I definitely did not know. Um, I did listen to a podcast about the highway of tears, um, called missing and murdered. It's a CBC podcast and it focuses on the disappearance of an indigenous woman named Alberta Williams. And, um, so it did kind of, um, tweak my interest to just kind of that, the story. And I think that, you know, Canada has a lot of its own baggage. And I think learning about that and, and trying to, you know, understand our true history and how we got to today is incredibly important. And I think, um, yeah, it's been an interesting read. And sometimes you can find books from academic publishers that aren't written in a way that's like the most off-putting thing that you've ever seen. And this would definitely be one of them. It reads <laughs> like a read, like you don't have to like, you know, you can just read it. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't read, read like homework. Like homework. I think that's, yeah, that's yeah. a really um, good way to put it. So those are two that I'm that I'm reading right now. Um, what you watching? So I'm watching Superstore. So it's oh, yeah, I watched I, that um, way back. Had yeah. not watched it ever. So it's America Ferrera is the lead, mm-hmm. and so she was in Ugly Betty. And And she was also Sisterhood of the the Traveling traveling Pants. And she is awesome. (laughs) And this show, Superstore, so it's on Prime, um, is really good. And I think it's so funny. And it has, like, a really, you know, diverse and interesting cast. And, like, it's set in, like, a... Deals with some pretty interesting topics, too. It's really well done. Yeah. And, but it's super funny. Like, it's great. And it's kind of set in this, like, Walmart-type place. And the episodes are like 20 minutes long, which is awesome. Um, so that's been, I've been really enjoying that. And I'm sad that I'm going to burn through it um, at such a fast rate. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that we just finished was season two of uh, Dead to Me. So um, I oh, love yeah. season one. Like, I loved it. I, I love that there are two female leads in it. It's a really unique storyline. Season two, um, I wasn't so sure, but as it got, as it crept closer to the finale, I became very interested (laughs) in what was going to happen in season three. Interesting. Uh, Like a bit of a season two slump? But it it redeemed itself. Let's just say that. Um, Yeah. And what have you been listening to? On the go, as I usually do. I rarely listen to just music. Um, that's my own. That's my own fault. Um, so I'm listening to one. It's uh, called the First Nations Experience Residential Schools, and it's by um, from Historica Canada. So that's been um, pretty eye opening. I remember when I was working at West Central High School in Rocky, um, they had a hearing for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and so that was a pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, eye-opening experience and so I wasn't actually obviously privy to the actual hearing but I was you could see like the full gym people get like telling their stories people providing their testimony um and so I think it's a you know it's a topic that all Canadians we owe it to Canada to to all be um, paying attention to and to know to know our true history um, and then on a different note, um, Michael Lewis, who writes some of my very favorite books, including Moneyball, and uh, he has a uh, podcast series called Against the Rules. And so his season two dropped about a month ago. And so I'm all caught up. Um, and it's uh, his first season <laughs> was about referees. And his second season is about coaches. And not just in the sport context, but in like the life context. So um, a good episode that's happened in this season um, that I think is, you know, pretty relevant is around like SAT coaches and like college coaches for kids that, you know, don't, you know, don't know how to navigate that system, you know, first generation college students, which is like basically everybody, you know, first generation college students, especially. And, you know, when they provided some of um, like this very prestigious SAT coaching, kids were able to, you know, kids who were incredibly smart and had great grades, but just could not write these tests because their parents couldn't afford to send them to an SAT coach. 
you know, could spend some time with this guy pro bono and, you know, improve their score by like two to 500 points. So pretty thing that's, a, oh, you know, wow. that's getting into an Ivy league over not getting into an Ivy league. So, um, very, uh, very good series. And, uh, my, my best friend, Malcolm Gladwell, though, his new season, I think comes out tomorrow. <laughs> so I will be, I will definitely oh, be it? listening to those as they are released. Yes. Nice. So my two readings, well, I've read a number of things, but the two that I'm going to highlight that I've read over the last three days or so is, so Nalini Singh has one of my favorite series. It's called the Side Changeling series. It's a paranormal romance series, blah, blah, blah. We don't care. But she, her latest one is called Alpha Knight. And it's, first of all, it has, I think, one of my favorite romantic male leads ever. And like, I read hundreds, I've read <laughs> probably thousands of romances. Okay. Yeah. Like, really, let's, let's get real. It's been thousands. So when I say he's my High one of my favorite male leads, yes. Like, and he, like, his name is Ethan, and he is excellent. His lady uh, is excellent. Her name is Selenka. Um, Nalini Singh is an excellent writer. She has such great world building, such excellent characters. She's This is another series that's a very long-running series. I think this has to be around the 20th in the series like anywhere between the 17th and the 20th and the quality is always there she's a new zealand um author and she is just excellent um she has two series that i read she has an archangel series and then she has this side changeling series she also writes some contemporaries but um oh i love the side changeling series so that's the new one it just came out last week uh, on tuesday it came a little late to me Mm -hmm. in the mail but fine it came to me um and then I ordered a whole bunch of books and they came to me they were like liquidated books (laughs) and they came to me in the mail and um so I read yesterday one of the ones that came to me in the mail and it was Black Klansman yeah yeah, by Ron Stallworth and I was interested in the movie when it first came out and then didn't watch it for whatever reason even though it has Adam Driver in it and I still haven't seen the movie, but then I saw the book and I was like, oh, I'll read it first. And it's a short book. Like it's, it's a small hardcover, mm-hmm. just over 200 pages. Um, and it was good. Like the story is interesting. I'm not sure that I enjoyed the narrative style of it. Um, I don't know if his writing is, was strong enough. Like it's a memoir and um, I don't know. It just, some parts were very slow. Like, and it had, too much mm-hmm. detail if that makes sense and it like it it just was slow to read like well, when I say slow to read I just mean like you're not like oh I need right. to read the next and the next and the next and I think a little bit of that for me is I don't typically listen or read nonfiction. I listen to it um so maybe that's a little bit of why I didn't get like into it or I didn't engage with it in the same way it was good and I, now like I want to watch mm-hmm. the movie and see how all the characters are portrayed yeah, I'll and, and whatnot in the film to read. <laughs> oh, will you? <laughs> um, and then what I'm watching is Hannibal. So it's on Netflix now and years yeah. ago, so it's like from 2013. And I was like, never into it. Cause I was like, well, it's on mm-hmm. NBC. How good can it be? Basically like it's on network right. TV. How dark can it be? How stylized can it be? Really? I was wrong. I will tell you NBC. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Um, first of all, it has some of the most disturbing really? things I've ever seen on television. And it was on network TV. Yep. And also, who I think the director or like creator of the show is named Brian Fuller. And you can tell he had a very uh, clear idea in mind for what the style oh, of the okay. show would look like. How the shots are created. How the characters are dressed. Like how, think, how the really? colors are used. It's just, it's very well done. And I just thought, how can you be as good a Hannibal as Anthony Hopkins? You just, you can't be. But it's Mads Mikkelsen. He's a Danish actor. And um, he is excellent. He's he's so, what you, because this is like Hannibal before Yeah, when he's just living his high life. So this is him with Will Graham. Yeah, so this is him with Will Graham and 
like so will graham is in the first book uh red dragon like i think it was in the mid 80s and so this is right. before silence of the lambs you know um style he's not he's not in jail at, or in the asylum or whatever you want to call it so it's just how it's filmed is amazing i'm in season so each there's only three seasons each season has 13 episodes i started watching it last monday and now i'm on episode <laughs> four of season three so it's it's excellent so if you're into that but i will say very graphic really? particularly for a network show extremely graphic um like right. not the language but the violence uh extremely graphic um very bloody in some way uh, episodes uh, so I'll just give that as a disclaimer, but extremely well acted. Uh, Hugh Dancy is Will Graham. Um, it has Lawrence Fishburne in it. It's it's very excellent. So I would definitely recommend that. And then I've been listening to three podcasts because um, when I am working from home, um, I like to have some noise on in the background. Um, so I've been listening to two New York Times podcasts. One called Rabbit Hole and one oh, called Oh, I listened to 1619. 19. It's which, excellent. Yeah, which you had recommended and it is, it's very good. And so is Rabbit Hole. Rabbit Hole is about sort of how the internet can, and, and internet and internet algorithms, particularly they focus uh, one episode on YouTube, how um, you can get into these rabbit holes and you can, you can become mm. radicalized without realizing it. Because it feeds you that validates your bias in yeah. a strange way. Yeah. So a confirmation bias. So it, anyway, it's very interesting. And then also I started listening to a podcast called Justice in America. And I really, I really find the American legal system to be quite fascinating. And maybe if I paid more attention to the Canadian system, I would find it the same fascinating. Um, but the amount of prisoners per capita that the United States has, the uh, privatization of prisons and bail systems and probation and all that kind of stuff is very interesting. So I listened to a few episodes about like basically how it's like the criminalization right? of poverty, yeah. the school to prison pipeline, um, you know, all these different things. So they're very interesting. They they deep dive into sort of one super small aspect of the justice system that, mm-hmm. or the American justice system, I should say, that becomes part of a, a bigger picture so i don't know i just find it quite fascinating and uh yeah they're really well done extremely well researched um to hosts i don't know it's just it's very good and i haven't been listening to it beginning to end um i've been like just looking and being like oh, right like, i'm interested in i always topic. start I'm doing that, that and then i end up in trouble so now i just when i'm listening to a podcast <laughs> i just listen to it well, sometimes I think if it's too, like, if I'm late to the party, it's like, well, I don't want to listen <laughs> to, like, episodes that are four years old, particularly because, like, so many things can change um, in, like, in politics and in, in, you know, legislation and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, mm, what am I interested in? And then I just started, like, listening to a few of them and, and they were so good. So that's where. Well, that's where I think I all of those sound very good. So, Mm-hmm. they are actually I actually did some some good ones in the last uh, couple of weeks or so so thank yeah, you thank all you. for joining us um we'll be back Sometime. at a later date <laughs> with a different topic um so yes thank you again and thank you Mary for sitting in once again it's most appreciated and um yeah thanks yeah. Claire bye, bye. guys <laughs>